Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for June 29th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide, and absolutely we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. The checks and balances are one of the greatest places to start. The founders brilliantly put those checks and balances in place to help us keep a handle on the proper role of limited constitutional, moral, peaceful government. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. A quick recap of yesterday. We had our guest on Mr. Richard Mack. Sheriff Mack was with us. Um, We talked about Americans plan on spending a staggering amount of money on alcohol, believe it or not, for the 4th of July. A study from WalletHub indicates $1.4 billion on beer and wine to celebrate America's birthday. $1.4 billion. And you think about poverty and everything else in America and in the world, and you just go, are you kidding me? $1.4 billion on alcohol. Dozens of major corporations are now offering to pay for their employees to travel out of state to get abortions. Wow. 56 big companies announce abortion perks. Hundreds of companies remain silent. Uh, We talked about this lady. Her name is Angeli Rose Gomez. She's the mom who saved her children from the Uvalde massacre. Now the cops are, well, harassing her. That's according to theblaze.com. Why would the cops harass her? Oh, she made them look bad, I guess. Wow, what a shame that is, ladies and gentlemen. Look, they've made mistakes there. Why don't we cop to them and build trust with the American people? The continued lies and manipulations and especially attacking this poor woman for just trying to save her children. What do you expect her to do? All right, we talked about the uh, state Supreme Court rejects law-giving non-citizens vote, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I guess a court judge from Staten Island said in New York, look, you can't have illegals vote and it's unconstitutional. They tried to make a law that said illegals could vote and the judges said, "Uh uh-uh, not doing that, ladies and gentlemen. Look, I'm for people coming to America. We just need to create a big legal door and we need to shut the illegal door. That's all. We got to learn to do it right. We also talked about sudden adult death syndrome. Yeah, media outlets around the world are talking about this. It's going on. People are just dying. Just in the middle of the day, they just die or they just don't wake up or whatever. Sudden adult death syndrome. A lot of people are saying it relates to the COVID. But then others say, no, that's just crazy town. That's conspiracy theory. Don't believe that at all. All right, we also talked about the CSPOA. If you want to get the the SMS updates, or in other words, you want to get texts from CSPOA, all you got to do is text the letters CSPOA to 53445, that's 53445, and you can go ahead and get updates on the CSPOA. That was our one of Liberty Roundtable Live. Hour two was a simulcast with TV on Bridie on TV, the Sheriff Mack Show, and Liberty Roundtable Live. And we had our guest on, Racine County Sheriff, Chris Schmeling. And he says, look, the election statue 
was in fact not just broken, but shattered by members of the Wisconsin Elections Commission, the WEC. Sheriff's mailing literally refers um, election commissioners for criminal charges. Why? The good sheriff stood up and said, look, the problem is they're intentionally violating election laws. So he's pushing for criminal prosecutions. We'll let you know what happens at our press conference on July the 12th, 10 a.m. in Vegas at the Ahern Hotel for more details. You want to learn more about that? CSPOA.org slash elections. Yeah, he's referred them to criminal charges. They're accused of breaking the law during the 2020 presidential election and beyond. The sheriff is also calling on the attorney general there. Uh, Josh calls his name to conduct a statewide thorough investigation into the illegal directives issued by the Wisconsin Election Commission. This is serious, folks. And there's other sheriffs that have open investigations as well on election fraud. Senator Ron Johnson formerly headed the Senate Homeland Security Committee, which oversees elections. He says Schmeling's investigations might just be scratching just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to election fraud in Wisconsin. There you have it. Archives of the simulcast are available. Audio is at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Videos available at brighteon.com. And that's a recap of the broadcast that took place yesterday. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Murray Sabrin is with us. Uh, he uh, started out as the immigrant son of Holocaust survivors, and now he's become an American libertarian icon. Okay, he understands and communicates libertarianism and how it can save America. You want to learn more? MurraySabrin.com. Doctor, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, Thank- sir. Thank you, Sam. It's always a pleasure being with uh, liberty-minded folks uh, around the country talking about the great issues that affect the American people. Now, really quick, election fraud still hot topic. Your thoughts? Well, if if there's fraud, then it has to be presented to a to the, a court and let and let there be a trial of any allegations regarding fraud. I mean, I'm not an election uh, expert, the election fraud expert, but certainly there are people around the country who have uh, who have evidence, or at least they claim to have evidence, and so let that be brought to a, a court of law and let it be adjudicated, so we can see with transparency what exactly happened during the 2020 election the thing that really disturbs me about uh, elections these days sam is that it was supposed to have election day now we have election months where people just go and vote uh, whenever they want uh, you have mail-in ballots uh, which we know are prone to fraud uh, there's evidence that people stuff the uh, election uh, boxes uh, the drop boxes around the country especially in the key states where Trump lost. So let's have a thorough investigation. Let's have a bipartisan commission. Let's have independent investigators do this so we can get to the truth. After all, the truth will set you free, as uh, somebody once said. One of the interesting things that I find about the vote fraud is they always claim that there's no evidence, no evidence, no evidence. But whenever you try to get to court thus far, it gets shut down without even looking at the merits of the case. So I look at Texas and they sued saying, look, other states have changed their election laws 
uh, illegally, and that's the problem. Well, the courts rejected it and said, you know, Texas didn't have standing, but never looked at the case. Now you look at January 6th. We recommended people do not go there in the first place, but it went off the rails, sadly so. Uh, but Congress, um, because of all that, never looked at it either. And so the problem that I'm having with the whole discussion is we're not really giving this a fair hearing, a fair discussion. We're not really dragging this out into the open for discussions. We're just claiming there's no evidence, but yet nobody can bring their evidence to a proper adjudication. Uh, and so to me, none of that stacks up. Congress, I agree, on January the 6th, if there was a problem, may have had to back away for a little bit, but they still should have looked into the issues that were requested in the first place. See, they never did. And so every time, if we never really get to the evidence we never really have a complete vetting on one hand they claim there's no vote fraud on the other hand i type in vote fraud into google and i see case after case after case of convictions what gives this is this is why elections have become so problematic in this country i mean when i started voting in 1968 it was pretty simple you go to the local uh, voting place uh, you you, uh, you go into the voting booth you you choose your candidates and that was it mail and ballots were few and far between it was only for people who were incapacitated or couldn't get to the to the uh, voting booth because of uh, some illness but now mail and ballots seem to be uh, more prominent than ever and uh, that's ripe for fraud because what if someone is printing up these ballots and uh, distributing it to somebody uh, or a group of people who want to stuff the ballot box so you have to have really significant security issues when it comes to mail-in ballots. The other thing that happened, as you may be well, well aware of in some states, ballots were supposed to be postmarked no later than uh, Election Day, and there were ballots that were sent in that were postmarked after Election Day, and the judges ruled that they could be counted. Now, if you have a rule and you're supposed to follow it, then follow the rule and, and don't make exceptions for it. But uh, the whole thing is really disturbing. And this is the question, Sam, one of the most important issues I think that we have. Is democracy the best way, quote, democracy the best way to organize ourselves? Remember, democracy is only a process. What's important for me is the name of your show, the Liberty Roundtable. Where is liberty in this, in this whole equation? Because you can have democracy, you can still have authoritarianism and tyranny. Just because you have voting doesn't mean you're going to have a free society. Well, and where is due process, too? If we say that we're not going to accept the dates that are the laws for election ballots to be um postmarked by or whatever else the judges can just change the dates who makes the laws around here see to me the checks and balances are key and that's what uh, jettisons the democracy for the greatest country on the face of the earth we have some democratic principles i agree but we're a constitutional republic replete with checks and balances here we can't just have you know a, a, a court decide we'll, we don't care about the date anymore that's not the law sir well the, the real problem if you when you strip away all the, the, the discussion about voting the real issue is that there's too much power in Washington, D.C. That's why libertarians like myself call for radical decentralization, where decisions should be made at the individual level, the family level, the community level, the, the local government level. And if we did that in, uh, in the United States, we wouldn't have all these very, very contentious issues at the federal level, such as Roe versus Wade, uh, gun control and things like that. Let things be decided at the local level, which I think is what the founders envisioned for this country, that the states would be laboratories of democracy and each culture of the state would determine what rules and laws would be passed. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Murray Sabrin with me. And my buddy Michael Harrison over at Talkers Magazine said this. Now that he's retired from his distinguished career in teaching, I keep telling this public intellectual that he needs to get his own talk show. We agree. Hang tight. More with a good doctor and prescriptions in seconds.
on your radio. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Murray Sabrin with us. The United States of America is recession a real possibility, folks? The economy is critical. And I went to Dr. Murray Sabrin's website. You want to learn more? MurraySabrin.com. And um, it says this. Fortune publishes my forecast on the next bust. Believe it or not, inflation, recession, and the Federal Reserve. Dr. Murray Sabrin literally wrote a couple of books on the topic. Great libertarian prose, to say the least. Are we headed for a recession, sir? Oh, absolutely. Uh, every time the Federal Reserve manipulates interest rates, to close to zero, which is what we had for many, many years because of uh, the really incoherent policies of the Federal Reserve. They believe that it's their mission to, quote, stimulate the economy, which never works. All they do is create a bubble, which we saw during the 90s with the dot-com bubble. We saw this with the housing bubble, and now we have the everything bubble. Everything's inflated uh, from uh, from uh, local housing to rents to uh, to artwork. I mean, there, there are pieces of art that are going for incredible prices these days, automobile uh, auctions. You're seeing cars going for multi-millions of dollars. A Mercedes-Benz recently sold, uh, one of only two in the world, sold for, I think, $150 million, uh, Sam. Th these are, these, this is an example of all the money that's around the world slushing around trying to find a home. And what they do is they bid up uh, things in the economy. Just think of the economy as one big eBay where people are bidding against each other for goods and services. This is what you have at the, at the, uh, in the economy. And so what we're seeing is because of this unsustainable boom, the Federal Reserve, now that inflation is no longer, quote, transitory, it is real. It is going at uh, close to double-digit levels. In fact, some prices have gone up 
15, 20% rents in some communities are up 30, 40% from a year ago. This is not a, a small problem. This is a huge problem. So this brings the up the question, is, when it was transitory, people said it was real like me. <clears throat> and government leaders said, oh, no. And the, the head of the Fed and everybody else said, oh, no, it's transitory. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, did they lie or did they not really realize? The, I, don't, I don't think they understand what's going on. They don't think they're they that ignorant, really. Because, yeah, I mean, I've done a deep dive into into their their uh, writings, into their speeches, and they keep on saying the same old thing. Uh, our responsibility is to the economy. No, it's not. It's to make sure it checks clear through the banking system. Let the economy do its own thing, which is buyers and sellers, entrepreneurs, making sure that goods and services that people want are actually available in the marketplace. That's the job of the entrepreneurs, the men and women across this country for 200 years have provided the American people with an incredible uh, standard of living. It's when the government taxes and spends and borrows and the Federal Reserve prints money is where you create all these distortions. And now what are distortions? If uh, your audience members re- uh, remember the 1970s where we had two uh, gas shortages, that's because of government policy, not because of the refiners or the oil companies. Every distortion we have in the economy, every bad thing that happens in the economy is because of government policy. And we have to understand that. That's why I'm on this mission to educate the American people through shows like yours and others. What can we do? And basically what we can do is we either write a letter to our local congress and say, listen, get the government out of the economy and things will be better. Uh, build businesses at the local level to provide goods and services for your, for your fellow citizens. If we did that, get out of these endless wars. Stop trying to provoke Russia into a nuclear war. This is crazy what's going on overseas. I mean, who would ever thought that Ukraine is our ally? A bunch of Nazis are running the country. And as a son of Holocaust survivors, I find this so offensive and appalling that our government, with Joe Biden, is supporting a government that has Nazis throughout its uh, uh, ranks. This, to me, is, is a blot on the American uh, uh, culture, American society, American government. And the American people have to say, no more. We're not lo- going to support a government that is full of Nazis. And the reason that I asked you the question, if they knew ahead and if they lied or if they didn't really realize, <clears throat> folks, is because, look, inflation, recession, the Federal Reserve, look, you know what? They have a responsibility, and they instigate all this stuff. Okay, so the supply or the supply chain disruptions, for instance, including baby formula, really was kind of manufactured in D.C. Other countries don't have a baby formula crisis, uh, and so you kind of wonder how much of this they're ignorant about, and they kind of follow it and get led around by the nose, versus how much of that do they foment or create, if you will, Doctor Saber. Well, this is what. This is why it's appalling that uh, Joe Biden and his minions in his administration don't care about high gas prices. What they want is they want, they want us to drive electric cars, which, of course, takes fuel in order to power the, uh, the uh, electric generation stations that you need to, uh, to charge the cars. These are people who have an agenda. The agenda is we know better than the American people of how to structure the economy. This is the authoritarian collectivist mindset that's been going on in this country for more than 100 years since the beginning of the progressive era in the late 19th, early 20th centuries. Now it's coming to a head. They've got the Federal Reserve. They've got the income tax. They've got the federal, uh, the, the budget. They've got the regulatory agencies. They've got the military-industrial complex. This is the, the evil of big government unfolding right before our eyes. And I've lived long enough to see this incremental change that has taken place in my lifetime that now we're coming to a head. We're, we're at, at that proverbial fork in the road. 
we're either going to go, have a free society and a peaceful foreign policy, or we're going to be mired in, in the abyss of collectivism, which means all the trappings of totalitarianism, authoritarianism that we've seen throughout American history or world history for the past 200 years. Ladies and gentlemen, these are quintessential questions. I support the former. I want a peaceful free market. I want to live free and just be left alone, right? That's what most Americans want. But these people, these tyrannical agenda folks, they don't want that. They want two classes of people. They're the leadership and in control, and you and I are the lemmings to be led off a cliff by their economic folly, uh, in my humble opinion. Now, Dr. Sabrin, you also wrote a kind of a um, guide, an entrepreneurial survival guide to help people navigate the boom-bust cycle that we're kind of experiencing now at their hand, right? Absolutely. Uh, this this was an important book for me to write because there are so many people out there who are just just look at, the, at what's happening on a day to day basis and don't look at the big picture and how their companies, how their small businesses are affected by government policy, especially the Federal Reserve. And so I wrote this as sort of a handbook of what to do when you see this boom occurring that is unsustainable, because when most people during a the boom, they think it's going to be continued and therefore they go on a wild spending spree, they take on a lot of debt. And when and when the crash comes or the recession comes, uh, they're stuck with all this debt, their uh, income may dry up because they get laid off or their businesses uh, contract because uh, sales decline and they're stuck. So I, I've written this book on how to navigate not only the boom, but the bust. And that's critical because the bust is coming. I think it's going to be no later than the second half of next year. It may happen sooner. There's, there's no way to precisely predict the date this is going to happen. But given all the research I've done, it seems to me that the recession will take place no later than next year. Could it happen this year? Well, there's only six months left of this year, and it doesn't look like it's going to be happening this year. I may be wrong, but the point is uh, you've got to prepare yourself. And that means as an individual, you should be raising cash um, to make sure that if you do get laid off, you do have uh, enough reserves to take you through the next six, nine months if you get laid off. I felt that 40 years ago during the uh, 81, 82 recession, I got laid off. Unfortunately, we had reserves to get us through that period. Uh, but the people need to realize that these recessions and uh, are not inevitable but they are part of the business cycle that the Federal Reserve creates by, by just trying to manage the economy. This is a $20 trillion economy. You cannot manage it. Collectivism doesn't work. It didn't work in the Soviet Union. It's not working in Cuba. They're reforming their economy. It's not working in North Korea, the two last bastions of, of collectivism and uh, communism. So let's have a free market economy once and for all. Get the government down to its basic limited activities, which is outlined in the Constitution, and let's have peace and freedom, not only here, but around the world. And it doesn't take much to do so, but there are so many special interests, Sam, as we all know, that love big government, and many of them are in, are, are in corporations. They love big government because they get subsidies, they get special grants, they get special privileges, they get tariffs, which keeps out uh, competitive imports. So we have a, real, a, a lot of work to do to educate the American people, so they will demand we want a free society, not this manipulated, managed economy that is causing so much pain around the country. Now, as you wisely uh, underscore, you cannot, folks, tell exactly when the bust might happen. Uh, but you can read the tea leaves and know that, look, things are not looking good. And whether the bust happens tomorrow and we kind of fall off a cliff, if you will, uh, or whether it's just a slow, continued inflationary slash stagflationary situation, uh, over months and months and months. That's what will be yet to be seen, if you will. 
Uh, to me right now, what we see is just a slow, continued robbing of the wealth through inflation. Uh, uh, Americans are being fleeced. Inflation is the great hidden tax, if you will. Uh, and Americans are feeling it everywhere, from the pump to the cost of housing to, okay, and, and I don't see it getting any better. Even if we don't fall off a cliff and have a, a complete bust, uh, we will have continued inflationary reality. And the more they try to stop it, almost the more they create the demise, if you will. Because the, the, the circle or the cycle uh, continues, and it's almost like um, when you rob Peter to pay Paul, it just simply gets worse. When we come back, we're going to have Dr. Sabin respond to that, uh, because whether we fall off a cliff or not, I don't know. But I know this. I don't see it turning around and getting uh, easier for the average consumer, for the average American. So you better be aware of that. Liberty Roundtable Live. I'm Sam Bushman. Dr. Murray Sabrin with me. MurraySabrin.com is his website. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Because of Russia's ongoing war in Ukraine, President Biden announced Wednesday the creation of a permanent headquarters for U.S. forces stationed in Poland, as well as new deployments of troops and weapons to Europe. The number of U.S. troops stationed in Europe soared to 100,000 in the wake of Russia's invasion in February, with 10,500 members stationed in Poland. Former aide to White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, Cassidy Hutchinson, testified before the made-for-TV January 6th committee. Her claim of President Trump lunging to take control of an SUV is being disputed. Two Secret Service agents are prepared to testify before Congress that Trump did not lunge at a steering wheel or assault them. The USFL Football League Championship game is Sunday evening. Birmingham Stallions will play the Philadelphia Stars in Canton, Ohio's Pro Football Hall of Fame. USA Radio News. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-9336. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-9336. 800-444-9336. A SpaceX flight to the ISS has been rescheduled for July 11th. CRS-25 resupply mission needed some repairs after hydrazine vapors came in contact with the landing parachute. Lawmakers that were in charge when Flint, Michigan's water supply started killing people may not face charges as determined by other lawmakers. The Michigan Supreme Court ruled on Tuesday that indictments against former Governor Rick Snyder and eight other people in the Flint water scandal were invalid. However, State Solicitor General Fadwa Hamoun appears to be ignoring that ruling, saying she's prepared to prove the allegations against them. Tuesday's ruling by the court wipes out those charges. 
charges. The Supreme Court said state laws, quote, authorize a judge to investigate, subpoena witnesses, and issue arrest warrants as a one-person grand jury, but they do not authorize the judge to issue indictments, unquote. In the USA Radio News Midwest Bureau, I'm Katie Lewis. USA Radio News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Murray Sabrin riding shotgun on the broadcast today. Libertarian icon came from, uh, became, or was an immigrant, and then uh, became a libertarian icon, understanding Americans' checks and balances and the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, and more better than most by far. He wrote a lot of books, etc. But you know what? I don't know if we're going to have a bust or not and how quick it'll be if we do. But I know this, day to day, um, it's just this slow robbing of the Americans' wealth, doctor. Well, there's no question about it. What is, what is really tr- uh, troubling is we have 8% plus inflation year over year, and what are we getting in our money market accounts? Close to zero. Now, the last time we had a major inflation back in the late 70s, early 80s, interest rates were well above the rate of inflation. So in order to have that same policy in effect, interest rates would have to be 10% on our money market funds or our uh, savings accounts. And yet uh, the Federal Reserve has engineered, and the, and the banks love it because uh, they, they can charge more money for their loans and to pay us pittance on our savings. This is probably the greatest heist, financial heist in world history where trillions of dollars of interest have been lost by the American people because of the Federal Reserve's uh, egregious policies of keeping interest rates artificially depressed. And um, I, I've spoken to my uh, the congressman's district uh, director here in uh, southwest Florida, and I said, this is a great scandal. Something should be done about this because uh, this is – in other words, if you have $100,000, let's say you've saved all your life and you've got $100,000 in a money market account, you're getting close to zero, and inflation is running 8%. You're losing $8,000 in purchasing power every year. That's a, that's a real capital loss that you should be able to deduct from your income tax as a loss. And uh, the tax law should change to reflect that we are getting, to use a technical term, screwed by the Federal Reserve and the federal government. Well, and in addition, we owe interest on that money, too, because every dollar in existence has interest attached to it. So not only are you going backwards by the inflationary reality, not only are you getting a pittance on your dollars, uh, but we owe the longer that money's in, quote, existence, if you will, as well. Well, this is why... Once the Federal Reserve was created, there are people who argued more than 100 years ago that this is going to lead to a disaster. And here we are, 100 plus years after the creation of the Federal Reserve, that what they've been doing is leading to the major crisis in U.S. financial markets and world financial markets. Because central banks across the globe think it's their responsibility to manipulate the economy or to try to manage the economy. If you don't like the word manipulation, that some people don't, but they try to manage the economy. The economy does not need management. This is one of the great myths in the economics profession, that they think that you need the federal government, either through tax and spending and borrowing, and the Federal Reserve through printing money and manipulating interest rates, are the key to, to economic development and economic growth. That is probably the greatest economic myth that we have. And my goal is to challenge that um, throughout the country on radio shows, television shows as possible, keep on writing, and uh, just point out that the emperor has no clothes, that the federal government is the great destroyer of uh, the economy, and that the sooner people realize it, the sooner they will demand changes. Amen to that reality check, ladies and gentlemen. It makes you wonder, though, hey, has World War III already started? Is Russia, the Ukraine war going to be the flashpoint? Uh, What do you see? What's our way out of this? 
Well, this is another example of the deep state and military-industrial complex that President Eisenhower warned us about in his farewell address in January 1961. He said the military-industrial complex is so strong that we have to be very cautious about what's going on. And, and since then, what's happened? We got the Bay of Pigs. We got the Cuban Missile Crisis. We got the Vietnam War. We got the two Middle Eastern wars. We now have uh, a proxy war in in. Um, in uh, Ukraine. This is an example of this ideology in Washington, D.C. that says our government has a responsibility to keep China and Russia at bay. This is part of the Heartland thesis that goes back to a British geographer uh, from the 1890s and early 2000s who had this thesis that said that we have, that the world and the United States has to maintain sort of a, a ring of defense around uh, the heartland, which is China and Russia. And we, we've seen it played out uh, since the end of World War II. And uh, when I first learned about this, uh, taking a course in political geography back in the 1960s as an undergraduate during the Vietnam War, I said, this is, this is the key to understanding how bad American foreign policy is because it's based on a false premise that uh, uh, the Soviet Union, Russia, want to take over the world, that China wants to take over the world. Well, if they try to do things in other countries that people don't like, they will revolt, just as people have revolted 200 plus years. And of course, we revolted against the British because we didn't like what they were doing. So there's ample precedent for people not wanting to be oppressed by a foreign power. And so what we should be doing in, in America is just keeping our nose out of other people's businesses and being a voice of morality instead of trying to uh, export democracy to the rest of the world because it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It didn't work in Vietnam. It didn't work in Korea. It didn't work in other parts of the world. And so we just should butt out and let people decide their own fate and not spend trillions of dollars in military uh, expenditures, which we have since the end of World War II. How many men and, and women have we lost in the military since uh, the end of World War II? For what purpose? Is, is America better off? Is America more secure because of all these endless wars? And uh, I've been on the right side of this issue, I believe, because I've been opposed to all these wars. And uh, what we need to do is to stand firm together, the American people saying, we don't want war. We don't want our sons and daughters going to fight an far-off lands for no apparent reason that has anything to do with our national security. Well, and another point to, to highlight what you're saying, ladies and gentlemen, think about it this way. If these communist slash socialist slash fascist slash dictatorships around the world, if they're really going to invade everybody and take over the world and so we got to stop them, you got to look at the economic engine that underscores or undergirds that supposed system. Every one of the communist economic engines fail. Okay, they cannot survive without using somewhat of a free market. So what they do is they put enough of a free market in place to drive the dollars, uh, but then they highlight it with tyranny or highlight it with fascism or communism or socialism or whatever other ism ideology that betrays the very free market that they pretend to uphold. If they were left to their own devices, they wouldn't even have an economic engine that could propel them forward at all, right? Absolutely. Uh, uh, we visited Cuba many years ago, and uh, we had great visits with uh, families. Uh, and uh, the ones that we visited, the ones that are doing quite well in Cuba, the ones that are working in the free market, there is a free market in Cuba. We went to a market uh, place of uh, fruits and vegetables and meats, and it's all a free market. And there's a, there's a sign in Spanish about how uh, free market here, you can get all things that you want. Free markets work. It means that people are voluntarily deciding what goods and services to produce. And that's that's natural. That's organic. That's basic part of human nature, the human existence. 
And when governments get involved, all they do is upend that natural progression of buying and selling goods and services and the production of goods and services that people want. And so uh, we have a lot of work to do in this country because there are people, very smart people with PhDs and other uh, credentials who think that government solutions are the answer when if they just open up their eyes and look at history and understand economics and finance, they will see that the top-down approaches, which I call real trickle-down economics, that government spends, the Federal Reserve manipulates, that comes all from Washington, D.C. That's trickle-down economics. It doesn't work. So why are we clinging on to something that doesn't work? The American people are supposed to be practical. If something is impractical, we got to get rid of it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm seeing two competing factions uh, right now, Dr. Sabrin, and I, I want to get your take on this. One is this World War III scenario where we seem to be the world's cop and everybody resents our hegemony, uh, and eventually the blowback is going to be a serious, serious problem. Many uh, free market people and economists understand this and have highlighted this throughout the years. So on one hand, you got World War III and the competing uh, battles internationally. But you've also got a battle internally in America, too, where, you know what, we're divided on every issue under the sun, whether it be abortion, whether it be uh, immigration, whether it be uh, I, I can go on and on. Uh, and so I'm a little bit worried that World War Three might be started. But I'm also worried internally that we might uh, end up having our own internal civil war and secession might be a real possibility. You see the red states and the blue states now, the division gets greater and greater and greater. Texas has already talked recession. Other states have as, as, as well. Um, do you think a recession is a real possibility? And what, what do you think about these competing realities? What if we have both World War Three on the international stage and uh, a secessionary divide in America or whatever else? We could be in trouble very quickly um, with this stuff all on the table. Well, three years ago, October 2019, before COVID became uh, a word that uh, was uh, uh, known to the American people, I gave my farewell address my last year teaching what America would look like, entitled America the Next 70 Years. Uh, there's a video of it. You can go uh, Google it, America the Next 70 Years. And what I did in that presentation, Sam, is I talked about the previous 70 years, which is the 70 years since I arrived in America in 1949 to 2019, what America was like for the prior 70 years and what America will, will look like in the next 70 years. And my prediction was that I don't think in the next 70 years, America will be one country, that there are too many different cultures, too many different political conflicts going on in America right now that will keep the country together. And so uh, I'm not hoping for it. I'm just saying this is the reality of the way things are unfolding because people cannot get along because they have different values and preferences and ideology. And so it's very difficult to keep a country together when you have so many disparate views. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Murray Sabrin with me. MurraySabrin.com is his website. Ladies and gentlemen, is secession a real possibility? Well, another possibility is different debt holders declare they get part of the country, and we divide it up based on our debt load. We'll talk about that when we come back. Uh, and we got a whole lot more. Liberty Roundtable. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is 
money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at freedomfactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. Freedomfactor.org. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. America, the next 70 years, ladies and gentlemen. Is recession a real possibility in America? Unfortunately, I think the answer is yes. America, the next 70 years, uh, free enterprise. If you look that up, you'll be able to find this uh, incredible video. Uh, but I'm saying that, you know what? We might have America uh, with states seceding. We're divided, red states, blue states, big time, and it's only getting worse. There's so many cultures, as Dr. Sabrin talked about already. Uh, but yet I almost think that based on our debt, you know what? You've got different international groups that own uh, pieces of America when it comes to land, uh, when it comes to debt. They've built enclaves of uh, groups of people in certain states where they have a lot of their uh, citizens that have come over for many reasons. And sadly, I'm okay if people come to America, but I want them to become Americans. That's the way it used to be. Nowadays, they come over here, and they're not really Americans. They're just Chinese or whatever, implants in America, but they still really believe in their mother country more than they do America. They're just here to gain knowledge and take advantage of it financially and everything else, but they're not really becoming Americans in the traditional sense. This divide, we might just be chopped up based on debt, Dr. Sabrin. Well, I think that's a real possibility. I think what's kind of interesting in America, having observed this for a long, long time and done a deep dive, it. America was basically a European nation. A European immigrants came to America, and it was basically a Western European, East European nation. Then as immigrants from other parts of the world came, from South America, from Africa, from Asia, the United States became more of an international melting pot as opposed to just a European melting pot. And we know it's very difficult to have a country based upon different ethnic groups. I mean, the Soviet Union has so many ethnic groups. Uh, look at Czechoslovakia, no longer exists. They, they split between Czech and Slovakia. Look at Yugoslavia, no longer exists. You have about eight different republics that came out of Yugoslavia because of the different ethnic groups. So for us to think that we can keep a country together because of all the different ethnic and cultural um, uh, groups we have in America is wishful thinking. Now, it could happen. Uh, America could stay the same for the next 50, 100 years, nobody knows the answer to that. But all I'm suggesting is there are too many tensions in this country right now that suggest that the country cannot 
be one nation under God indivisible. That, I think, is, is just uh, something that we have to grapple with, that it may be better off that Texas becomes a state or a country. California is certainly large enough to be a country. It would be one of the largest countries in the world with its GDP. New York State, New York City, um, the, the Southeast. I mean, you, you could break up America probably into about eight different, nine different countries, and everyone would go their own way and have their own laws that reflect the values and, and culture of the people in those areas. And uh, we would have, what, peaceful coexistence. And that's the way I think we could we could become over the next 50, 70 years. And I think it would be a healthier a healthier uh, uh, progression of America rather than trying to keep the country together with all these contentious issues that the country faces from abortion to gun control to uh, spending to taxes. So I think we have an opportunity here to say something to do something really quite transformative is. We had this experiment of one nation for 225 years. Maybe it's time that the marriage of the states end and we go our separate ways, not 50 separate countries, but maybe 10 countries that would uh, give us a much better existence rather than these incredible tensions that we have in this country today. Well, if we culturally become Americans, if government obeys the checks and balances to where we keep government in its proper uh, role based on limiting power vertically and horizontally, all the checks and balances, and we hold the moral high ground of religious moral people, uh, primarily the libertarian philosophy, um, I think we can stay together as a country. But if we devolve and the government decides that they're going to try to take our guns, so we have gun control now um, kind of thing. Look, the founding fathers uh, were pretty patient until King George came for the guns, and then they said, uh-uh, we're not crossing that line. So gun control, Second Amendment is the libertarian answer. I agree with that, but if we're not very careful, the government becomes the very enemy that forces the divide because certain groups say, look, we're not doing that, and we're not doing this. And then you have other groups saying, look, culturally, we don't agree with that, and now the culture war takes effect. And, and all these divides that I believe are intentionally created and, and fostered are the real problem. And unless we grab the moral high ground again and obey the principles that made America great, we're going to lose her. There's no question about it. Um, I, I lived in New Jersey for many decades, and uh, New Jersey evolved from a fairly limited government approach. And then once when they got the income tax in the mid-1970s and the sales tax in the, in the 1960s, uh, things really uh, went downhill. Uh, I mean, I ran for governor 25 years ago as a third-party candidate, as a libertarian party candidate. And I pointed out there was no difference between Governor Whitman and Jim McGreevy. One was tax and spend, one was borrow and spend. So the outcome was the same, higher and higher spending at the state level. And now New Jersey has become really an economic basket case because uh, people are leaving the state in droves. Uh, companies are very hesitant to move to New Jersey. They're coming to Florida, which we did a year ago. And uh, it's a breath of fresh air. Not only is the air cleaner down here, but uh, you feel much freer than you did in New Jersey, where you had all these mask mandates and lockdowns and, and incredible draconian restrictions during the COVID period. And here in Florida for the past year, uh, masks were pretty much optional, except in the hospitals and doctor's offices. But other than that, people uh, didn't wear masks. And you can tell who the northerners were because they're wearing masks all the time in the heat, which doesn't make any sense to me from a, from a medical point of view or a health point of view. So again, people have different values. The question is, how do people express their values in a peaceful way and that's really the key sam how do people express their values in a peaceful way and not 
uh, and not put their values on other people or force their values on other people. And that is the issue that we have to come to grips with in America. How do we live peacefully with each other with different value systems? And that's why decentralization is the answer reducing the size of the federal government, reducing the scope of the federal government. And, let, and just uh, as the uh, Gats and Flag says, don't tread on me, leave me alone, do, un- do unto others as you are, uh, others do unto you, and uh, just abide by the golden rule. And if everyone did that, you would need prisons because people would be peaceful and try to achieve what they want peacefully rather than using a gun or a knife or anything else or a cyber fraud that's, that's uh, rampant in this country. So we need uh, law enforcement to make sure that people are secure and protected rather than trying to use the uh, legal system, which the Biden administration is doing, to attack their political opponents. And this is why I say there's a stench of Nazism in the air in Washington, D.C., and Biden is the perfect puppet for the people behind the scenes to pull the strings to give us this authoritarian regime that we now have in Washington. But as you mentioned uh, Florida, a breath of fresh air. A big shout out to Governor Ron. We got to keep it that way. Gun control is the quintessential issue, though. We need to have the right to keep and bear arms. Believe it or not, more guns, less crime is the reality, ladies and gentlemen. Now, let's talk about immigration a little bit because that's a hot topic right now. The border leaking like a sieve. Um, but you uh, really are an immigrant and you got a proposal to solve it, right? Well, I. We came here in 1949, August 1949. My parents, my older brother and I, arrived in New York City on a on a seven eight day voyage across the Atlantic. My father wrote his uh, first cousin and his great aunt, who raised his mother in America in the early part of the 20th century. We got our papers to come to America. We had sponsorship. We we, we were supported by Hyas, the Hebrew Immigration Aid Society, which is now just called Hyas by the initials. Uh, we lived in a three-room uh, railroad apartment in Lower East Side, paying $26 a month. My father got a job and, and a pencil factory at a dollar an hour. And then four years later, we moved uptown to the Bronx. And we had a beautiful uh, two-bedroom apartment. The whole key here, Sam, is to get sponsorship. People have to come to another country in a way that the government wants people to come here, which is a, in, in America, it was sponsorship. Get a sponsor. That sponsor will support you. Don't be a burden on the taxpayers. Have a skill, have a trade, and work and become part of the fabric of America. That is the way it happened uh, I, I'm all for immigration if it's done legally. What we have at the border is a total disaster. Look at what we had: 50 people die in a tractor trailer because they they were they suffocated from the heat. This is a humanitarian tragedy, and the Biden administration doesn't even recognize that policies are causing this to happen because you have these coyotes bringing in people at incredible. Uh, making incredible amounts of money doing so, and people are risking their lives trying to get across the uh, Rio Grande. Some of them are drowning, and God knows what illnesses they're bringing, because we know the incidence of TB is very high in third-world countries. And so during this whole COVID episode, when people people from uh, Europe had to get tested before they could come to America or vaccinated, people were crossing the border, and we didn't even know what the health status was. This is really a shocking uh, a breakdown of uh, law and order at, at the border, and the Biden administration has really blood on their hands. They have death on their hands because they, they've allowed this to occur under their watch. There is a way, ladies and gentlemen, to deal with this, and sponsorship is one of the great keys. 
The other great key is slam the illegal door shut and open the legal door and make it possible. A lot of people who want to come to America who try to do it the right way just get stuck in whatever you want to call it, limbo, forever, and and can't hardly get it done. It's really expensive. It takes forever. But at the same time, uh, it's our policies that are the problem. We don't have much time, but I want to highlight this topic as well because it's so hot in the news. Roe versus Wade. Roe shut down. Now it's back to the states. But abortion pro-life is the libertarian answer, doctor. Well, absolutely. In fact, uh, I'll give you my evolution on this issue. In 1973, I was a young uh, graduate student, and uh, I was pro-choice at the time. But the Roe versus Wade decision, I thought was a horrific decision because there's nothing in the Constitution that says that abortion is a constitutional right. My views evolved. I saw uh, pictures of partial birth abortion in the 1990s, and I said, how could this be happening in America? This is infanticide. And then when I became the Libertarian Party candidate, I uh, spoke to Ron Paul, who sent me his book, Challenge to Liberty, which is a a libertarian defense of the pro-life position, and that uh, put me into the pro-life camp. The, The basic premise of libertarianism is commit no aggression. Well, when you're destroying a life in the womb, that is aggression, and therefore that's a violation of basically not only humanitarian principle, but a libertarian principle of do no harm, uh, commit no aggression against an innocent person. So again, let the states decide based upon their culture and the values. And so uh, I'm very comfortable promoting a libertarian pro-life position because I think it's the right thing to do. It's consistent with our Judaic Christian heritage of thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not uh, harm anybody. And so uh, I, I've been on this uh, on this approach for, for 25 years now since uh, Ron Paul convinced me that the pro-life position and the libertarian position are very compatible. And so I wish my fellow libertarians and um, would take that position as well, because it would show that the libertarian position is not only good for living people, but it's also good for the for the child in the womb that that is yearning to be born. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to learn more, Sabrin Center for Free Enterprise, you can learn about America the next 70 years. His website, murraysabrin.com, and you can see why. Uh, the leader of Talkers Magazine saying this guy ought to have his own talk show. You know, the libertarian solutions of live and let live, of pro-life, of the moral high ground, of saying let's not have aggression, let's jettison these wars and stand by the Prince of Peace. That's really the key to the success of the future of America. And if we embrace uh, this peaceful uh, agenda, if we culturally stand together and live and let live, so to speak, I think there's a lot of hope for America. But if we continue to divide on every fault line, It's just a matter of time when those fault lines will go too far. And then the disassembly of the greatest country on the face of the earth will begin to be the reality. Our prayers are that we can stand together and claim the moral high ground and promote God, family, and country. Dr. Sabrin, thank you so much, sir. We'll have you back soon. Thank you so much, Sam, and uh, keep up the great work. MurraySabrin.com is website, ladies and gentlemen. Incredible hour, hour one in the can, hour two coming up. Man, have we got a lot for you. Hang tight. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net, spread the word, share the love, radio 24-7 at your fingertips, free, live and on demand. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.
From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is my fellow Americans. Is the broadcast for June 29th in the year of our Lord 2022. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America, and best of all, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers what are the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips as you know we reject revolution we stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth welcome to the broadcast man have we got a lot of stuff gearing up for the fourth of july i'll tell you what cool stuff everywhere so we talked to dr murray sabrin ladies and gentlemen a well-known libertarian and uh, we talked about election fraud we talked about the economy we talked about uh the supply chain problems, navigating the boom-bust cycle. Uh, the question is, is World War III started? What about international battles? What about secession? Is it a real possibility? What about internal conflict in America? America, the next 70 years, an incredible video he put together. It's a video at Sovereign Center, or I should say Sabrin Center, for free enterprise. Uh, we talked about gun control, the Second Amendment, the libertarian answer. We talked about immigration, how to end the invasion, ladies and gentlemen. And sponsorships are one of the great keys. That's how he got here. That's how he recommends others do it as well. We talked about abortion. Pro-life is the libertarian answer. Uh, Believe it or not, you know, I used to say I was a libertarian with morals because a lot of libertarians believed in, you know, free drugs and sex and whatever. It's not that they believe in those things. It's that they don't believe government can stop them for the most part, right? Uh, Jettison aggression, first do no harm is kind of the libertarian principle. And, you know, uh, when you think about that, you got to then interpret what harm is. But the live and let live principle becomes more and more and more logical the more you study it and understand it. You know, the late Becky Akers, our dear friend who's passed away now, used to be on with us. She called herself an anarchist. And anarchist in the traditional sense means destroy everything in your wake. It's crazy town. She didn't believe that's what real anarchy was at all. She believed that it was we just don't need government to do everything. Most, if not all, things can be done in the private sector uh, by free association and by contract and we just don't need government to insert itself because whenever you give it an inch it takes a mile whenever you legitimize government in any way before you know it it's off the rails and it's about impossible to argue against that point because look where we are today wow anyway mr sabrin does a phenomenal job on your radio we'll have him back soon for sure all right howard stern is in the news folks you know this whacked out shock jock guy the guy that spins uh, perverted radio, uh, done so for years, well-known icon, so outlandish and extreme and perverted that he got taken off radio and put on satellite radio. He was so delighted to get there because he could just, you know, peddle his perversions there and uh, everything else. Very nasty talk show. Some people think it's funny, uh, but really just a hostile guy. Well, he now spills his, in my personal opinion, Uh, his negative views, his hatred right into the mix of current politics. Why? Because we decided to stand up for babies, pro-life, and he had a cow. This guy's an opposite of a libertarian, in my opinion. Howard Stern now voices his displeasure 
with the Supreme Court choosing to overturn Roe versus Wade. He says, quote, I'm actually going to probably have to run for president now. Stern, 68 years old, told his listeners. That's according to the Hill uh, newspaper. So now Howard Stern is saying he's going to run for president. Um, now, Stern, by the way, said he's not afraid to run for president. And he said that he would install five new Supreme Court justices. And that if he were to run against former Donald Trump in 2024, he would beat his A, is what he says. He didn't say A, by the way. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, this isn't the first time uh, Mr. Stern has flirted with or suggested he's going to run for president. He also said in November 2021 that he was going to do so. That's according to the Daily Mail, but I guess he didn't do it. Uh, I guess Stern uh, on the air sounded pretty braggadocious and sounded pretty uh, like he had his act together. But then we hear from behind the scenes when he got off the air, he was talking to his co-host, Robin. And uh, he basically said to her, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't <laughs> I'm not. In other words, he's not even really ready for this, ladies and gentlemen. And I got thinking about that. And I thought, you know, everything that Howard Stern wants to promote is uh, really wrong. The downing of America. He's an immoral character, promotes immorality to get rich via the radio. He's a shock jock, to say the least, right? But Howard Stern is pro-death. He's mad that we stood for pro-life. Uh, you know, and I would say to a lot of these uh, people, if you don't believe government's purpose is to protect life, liberty, and property, you can go ahead and just go somewhere else then where they don't prize life, liberty, or property. Uh, but furthermore, here's what he had to say. Stern is not a fan of the Electoral College. He doesn't believe in that system, if you will. Stern says, I'm going to do the very simple thing that will set this country straight. One vote, one person, no more electoral college. I'm getting rid of it, he says. Wow. Huh. Uh, very strange. Um, he wants to go ahead and get rid of the electoral college. He doesn't believe in it. He then goes on and says, Trump lost by 3 million votes. That's the popular vote. Uh, and he goes on. Look, folks, we don't need people to become president of the United States who already tell you how they're going to undermine the Constitution. Okay? Uh, you need to use your brain, my fellow Americans. Please, I'm not trying to be offensive here. I'm trying to be clear. Look, when somebody starts out by saying, I don't believe in the fundamental checks and balances of America, a check and balance on vote fraud, thank heavens, and in America is the Electoral College saying, look, we'll have the popular vote, we'll have the Electoral College vote. Uh, eventually, the Electoral College will decide. Um, but there's these checks and balances that are put in place. Everything the founders did was they put together this incredible, elaborate, but yet incredibly simple system where everything has a counterbalance. Everything has a protection in it. Everything has a, yes, you can do this, but slow down. Yes, you can do this, but you're going to bring other people into the mix of the discussion. No, you can't do that because you got to this. And everything has a check and balance. Okay? And if he yeets the electric college like he wants to yeet babies, kill it, kill them, then, folks, we're not holding the moral high ground. We're dis disabling the checks and balances the founders put in place. Okay? And I look at the 17th Amendment as a great example. You know, the states used to put their own senators in place and the state legislative bodies would vote on and then elect a legislator on the Senate side. 
the people would be the House side and the state legislative bodies would be the Senate side. And that was designed to create a check and balance to give everybody or every group or every faction a seat at the table. Well, we've dismantled that now. We have more of a democracy, less of a constitutional check and balance based republic as a result of this, in my opinion, disaster. That's why we got to get rid of the 17th Amendment. Uh, but so the, the states had representation at the general government level. Now the states don't have any representation at all. you got more of a democracy where the people vote directly by the popular vote for the senators and for the House Rep of Representatives, both houses in Congress, the upper house and the lower house, so to speak. Right now, that takes away an incredible check because the states don't have a seat at the table now. They don't have anybody representing them. See? Uh, and what the states would have done, the state legislative body, they would have had a specific interest in how well our state was represented, how well the state legislative bodies were respected and given autonomy, how well we kept the general government in its proper sphere, how well the dual sovereigns worked together. See, the state legislative bodies would have jealously guarded that, and they did. But then we just basically disassembled that. So now if we disassemble the electric college, as Howard Stern wants to do, you're just going to have more and more and more and more popular, more and more democracy, more and more demon crazy, more and more, you know what? You got two wolves and a sheep, who's for dinner, right? Kind of discussions. And that's the problem that I see here. And so you know what? Shame on Howard Stern. First off, I don't believe Howard Stern could beat Donald Trump at all in the first place. I don't know what uh, Trump is going to say about that. Um, now, Trump probably liked Howard in the day because I think they're kind of two peas in a pod with their kind of crass behavior, their immoral stance. And when Donald Trump um, was, I'm trying to think how to say this, when he was not a political figure, he was kind of a fat cat in New York, um, was very kind of liberal, hung out with the rich people and the famous and everything else. Uh, the Apprentice TV show, it goes on and on. When he was kind of that world, hey, Stern loved Trump, and Trump loved Stern. Right? Now, they say Howard Stern ended his friendship with Donald Trump for this reason. Yeah. Anyway, why do you think they kind of jettisoned? Well, because Trump went conservative? See, they used to be buddies. Howard Stern wants to run against Donald Trump in 2024. Do you think that Howard Stern has a chance? What do you think? <laughs> I don't know if Stern will run for president. He's floated the idea multiple times, but a lot of these big wigs do this. Do you think people would vote for Howard Stern? Would you uh, allow Howard Stern to become the president? See, folks, this guy's already telling you how he's going to undermine the Constitution. But yet if he becomes president, won't he have to swear an oath to the very Constitution he plans to undermine? All right, Liberty Roundtable Live. I'm Sam Bushman.
you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. The 2020 elections were one of the most corrupt in history. See the proof for yourself. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. 2,000 mules, a shocking new movie from Dinesh D'Souza. One mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. 2,000 mules. Join the special virtual premiere and Q&A on May 7th. Get your tickets now. Available only at 2000mules.com. 2000mules.com. Sponsored by Salem Media Group. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans, who are they? Democrats, who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I got a guest coming up at 8.30. Dennis Lavitt will be talking about United We Pledge and their incredible events coming on this 4th of July weekend. It's going to be incredible, folks. They're going to do the uh, groundbreaking for the Liberty Village. That's what they're calling it, the Liberty Village. It's going to be incredible, groundbreaking. I'll be there. We'll bring you play-by-play to the best of our ability. Uh, the uh, groundbreaking will happen now. Ribbon cutting in 2026. It's going to be an epic journey along the way. To the 250th year anniversary will be the ribbon cutting uh, of the United States of America's celebration of our shared values. I say shared values because we really need to share them, ladies and gentlemen, if we want America to be successful going forward. All right, now, I talked about Howard Stern. I, I wouldn't vote for the guy. He's going to undermine the very Constitution he's supposed to be, if he's president, sworn to uphold. So that's a concern right out of the gate, in my opinion. All right, now, there's a guy by the name of Michael Stinger. S-T-E-N-G-E-R. Michael Stinger. Now, do you know who this guy is? He was the United States Senate Sergeant-at-Arms who oversaw the January 6th reality well he's found dead folks yeah just recently he just found dead they don't have an explanation of why he's dead he's just dead now hopefully we'll get more information asap on this but it's very concerning that he was found dead while they're pushing the hearings while the hearings take a turn with this little girl witness that's supposed to be the rock star against donald trump uh and uh, she makes all these outrageous claims but most of the claims she's making that i see 
or I overheard this. I overheard that. I thought I understood this. I when I heard this, it sounded like that. And she's not really giving firsthand reality testimony. Exactly. It's kind of like I was a fly on the wall, and this is the deal. Very concerning in my mind because the people that were involved directly are contradicting what she's saying. She says, "Hey, Donald Trump tried to go grab the steering wheel um, of the limo to force that he could go to the Capitol, and they wouldn't let him." And and the guys in the car that were there are going, "That's not what happened. That isn't true." And she's going, "Yeah, I overheard them say it." Folks, this is thou shalt not bear false witness time, in my humble opinion. Now, I don't know what she knows. I don't know how true her information is. All I'm telling you is this is a fiasco. Well, anyway, interestingly enough, Michael Stinger dies. He's dead. Well, here's the interesting thing about this United States sergeant at arms at the time. Stinger, believe it or not, resigned or Stinger resigned from his duties as sergeant at arms a day after. January 6th, 2021. Why do you think this guy would resign a day after? He had great service to his country. Now he resigns a day after. Now, believe it or not, he already testified. And here's what he testified to that I find fascinating. During a February 2021 hearing with what they call the Senate Homeland Security Committee, Stingler called for the investigation of the role of professional agitators during the incursion. That's according to Daily Mail. He said investigations should be considered as to funding and travel of what appears to be professional agitators, Stingler said. Now think about that for a minute. Michael Stingler, or Stinger, I think is how you say it. Michael Stinger. This guy literally was the sergeant at arms. A day after January 6th, he resigns. Then he testifies and says, hey, we need to look into the travel and the funding of professional agitators. Then, now we're attacking Trump relentlessly, claiming that Trump didn't worry about people who were armed and it was no big deal and blaming it all on Trump. But then this guy, right before all this testimony comes out, just dies. He's dead now. And he's the one saying we need to look into these professional agitators. We need to look into the funding and the travel of these people. Now, I remind you, Revolver Magazine and others, even in congressional testimony, we point to this guy named Ray Epps and many other fellow Perpetrators, I don't know what to call them. They're on video, literally breaching the Capitol. So this guy that calls for these actors or these agitators to be reviewed, look, look, where did Ray Epps get his money? Where did he get, where did he travel? What, what's the deal with this guy? The government's not looking at any of that. But they got this little girl, this intern, going, yeah, I overheard all this stuff about Donald. Donald's the bad guy. Donald didn't care that people were armed. Donald this, Donald that, Donald... Donald fires back. Oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's ignorant. She claims that she's not my friend, that I'm a bad guy, but she wanted to hang out with me. And now we have all this subterfuge. But the guy that called for 
looking into these, quote, professional agitators is the term he used for them. We need to look into their travel and their funding. And the guy resigned a day after, and then he was the United States Sergeant at Arms, and he's saying this, and now the guy winds up dead. Now, call me a conspiracy theorist. Call me what you will. My fellow Americans, do you find that fishy? Do you find that weird, or is it just like, oh, Sam, you're, you're crazy? Look, this guy, this Michael Stinger guy, who resigned a day after. He was in a February 2021 hearing. Uh, he was with the Senate Homeland Security Committee, and he was testifying under oath, and the Stinger guy had called for the investigation of the role of, quote, professional agitators during the incursion that happened on January the 6th. Investigations should be considered as to funding and travel of what appears to be professional agitators, this Stinger guy said. Now, that's exactly what we've been calling for because we're saying, look, Blaming these 800 people that just were milling around the Capitol and some that got pushed into the Capitol and uh, people uh, like Simone, the, whatever, that were um, the, one of the leaders of the frontline doctors, um, you know, they're arrested because they gave a speech or they're arrested because they stood in there with a sign or they're arrested because of whatever. Folks, why are we letting Ray Epps and these professional actors that we literally have on video? We're ignoring all these professional actors, folks, these professional agitators. They have been uh, causing trouble summer after summer. They're the ones that created Chaz in the middle of Seattle, Washington. There's the, they're the ones that have created violence and havoc all over this nation under the lie that the media peddles of peaceful protesters, right? Okay, but look, this guy's calling it out now. He resigns the day after. He testifies. He tells the truth, and now he winds up dead. And now we're just going to say Donald Trump was the only professional agitator. That guy's a bad guy. Folks, this is off the rails like nobody's business. And I bring this up because we, the American people, need to be told the truth and be wise enough. If you don't believe me, go research the Revolver magazine uh, articles and video and, and I don't know what you call it, but presentation on this Ray Epps character and the associated characters. And how literally they're on video breaching the fence. Breaching the police line. Literally leading innocent Americans into a trap. It's all on video, folks. It is beyond debate. And when Congress brings up, hey, who is this Ray Epps character? Who is this professional agitator? Then government just goes, well, you know, we're not allowed to discuss that. Well, how are you going to have a hearing and get to the truth if you don't discuss that? And how are you going to have a hearing and get to the truth, ladies and gentlemen, when Michael Stinger, he was the United States Senate Sergeant at Arms at the time, resigns a day after, and then he says, let's look into these professional agitators. We've got to do that. We've got to look into their travel, and we've got to look into their uh, funding. And then he winds up dead, and now we just mock and say, well, we, don't, we can't give you any of that information, Congress. Folks, this stinks to high heaven. We've got to dig in and have understanding of this. We have got to create accountability and transparency on these things, or it can happen again. Any peaceful assembly that our founding fathers fought so hard to guarantee 
in the First Amendment is on the altar of this betrayal. Whether it be Charlottesville or January 6th or whatever else, most people at Charlottesville were there to protect our statues and to protect our historical relics. Uh, and a few got off the rails, and then, hey, the whole thing was, wow, white supremacists at Charlottesville and extreme Donald Trump supporters, uh, conspiracy theorists on January the 6th. What's next? What's next if we allow this to continue? Folks, we cannot allow these things to continue. We have got to have accountability and transparency. It's time to wake up, my fellow Americans, and get educated. All right, switching topics again, bottom of the hour. I'm Sam Bushman. This is the one and only nationally syndicated with global reach via the Internet and more. Liberty Roundtable Live, hard-hitting talk show. Claiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Turkey agreed Tuesday to lift their objections to Sweden and Finland joining NATO, paving the way for the two Nordic nations to begin the joining process. A Harris County judge on Tuesday temporarily blocked pre-row abortion ban in Texas. That was being enforced while the state's trigger law has yet to take effect. After a presumed migrant smuggling attempt that led to the deaths of 51 people in a locked big rig, two Mexican nationals have been charged in San Antonio, Texas. They're both charged with illegal possession of firearms and overstaying their visas. No charges directly related to the deaths have been processed as of Wednesday morning. A Mexican government official tweeted that at least 22 of the dead were from Mexico, seven from Guatemala, and two were Honduran. Ghislaine Maxwell on Tuesday was sentenced to 20 years in prison by a federal court on sex trafficking and other charges. USA Radio News. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-478-7733. 800-478-7733. Former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, top aide Cassidy Hutchinson, testified before the made-for-TV January 6th committee saying Trump attacked Secret Service agents and tried to take over a moving SUV. Two Secret Service agents have now come forward to dispute that claim and have agreed to testify. Lawmakers in California continue to astonish the American people with decisions they make regarding law enforcement and escalating crime. 
A trendy Los Angeles County community has voted to reduce law enforcement funding despite public backlash and escalating crime that spiked 137% earlier in the year. The budget for the next two fiscal years will leave West Hollywood with up to five fewer L.A. County Sheriff's deputies on patrol. The council did approve increasing funding for a cultural arts festival. In the USA Radio News Midwest Bureau, I'm Katie Lewis. USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. There's so much going on. It's hard to know what to even focus on. There's so many things in America to focus on, right? The culture war front center. There's so many issues uh, that we can bring up. But you know what? I want to bring up good news. You know, we're sometimes just barraged with news that's not so good, that's not comfortable, that you just go, man, what? Uh, Controversy. Even the good news of the pro-life decision. Roe overturned. That's great news. But you know what? The whole topic of abortion is negative, right? So I'm grateful for the good news on it. Don't misunderstand me. But I also say, man, I want just clear good news. Well, I got it just for you folks. UnitedWePledge.org is the website. And you know what? UnitedWePledge is a private, nonprofit, nonpartisan, non-denominational foundation established to celebrate our shared responsibility. Right? The traditional values of American values of freedom, family, faith. We're talking about prosperity, the American way, the American dream, all wrapped up into United We Pledge. And man, they're doing some cool stuff. Dennis Levitt, president of United We Pledge. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Wow, Sam, thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure to talk to you today. The work you're doing is fantastic, and United We Pledge is 100% behind you in every way. We appreciate it, sir. I'll tell you what, you guys have some cool stuff happening this weekend, and I, I get a front-row seat, man. We, You do get a front-row seat to anything and everything you want to participate in. I don't know where your listeners are scattered across the United States, but if any of them make it to Washington County, Utah, to St. George, Utah, we'll, we'll give them a front-row seat by you, Sam. Now, there's so much going on. Let's start with the groundbreaking. We're calling it Liberty Village now, so people kind of understand. There's two villages. They're like-minded in really every way. Uh, The founding of uh, the American Village and the founding of Liberty Village have the same roots, the same core, the same virtual mission. Uh, But they're they're calling it Liberty Village just to make it kind of clear um, which one we're talking about, uh, which location, uh, et cetera. But the groundbreaking Saturday, right? Yeah, that's right, the groundbreaking Saturday at 9 a.m. And I don't know how many people are going to come out to the groundbreaking. We would welcome anyone who wants to come, of course, but we're just excited to get the project started. Groundbreaking for us is a symbol of the work begins now. And uh, we, we've got an aggressive build schedule. We've worked with a great architectural firm, an engineering firm out of Phoenix, Arizona, Orcutt Winslow, um, Westland Construction has agreed to help on the construction of the project. They've got some, excuse me, some really good experience uh, in in this kind of work. 
And so, yeah, July 2nd, we break ground, which means July 3rd and 4th and 5th, it's time to start moving dirt and really getting after it. It's also time to celebrate, though, ladies and gentlemen. And I had the opportunity to be with um, Dennis uh, at, a, at a former event uh, where we celebrated faith, freedom, and liberty. And, and Dennis was kind of explaining the story about, you know what, how this whole thing started. And it started because, hey, people are being asked, why don't you participate in, in our freedom festivals? And the idea was, you know what? At a freedom festival, we've really got to focus on the principles of freedom. We can't just, well, I'll give you this example to make the point. I don't know if you know this, but a new study came out from Wallet Hub, Dennis. They're going to spend one, the American people are going to spend $1.4 billion on alcohol for the 4th of July. Wow. $1.4 billion in alcohol. And what Dennis Levitt and the folks at United We Pledge, and of course Liberty Roundtable Live concurs, folks, I appreciate that you want to celebrate, but let's celebrate the real of America. Let's celebrate the God, family, country aspect, the faith, the freedom, the families. Let's, let's not just get drunk on the holiday and call it good. Let's do something meaningful. Isn't that how this all started? Yeah, that's exactly right, Sam, and that's an uh, interesting statistic, a sad statistic, actually. We were asked to be a title sponsor for uh, an Independence Day event, and for us, we, we have three parts of our mission, right? One is to educate, one is to celebrate, and one is to have a destination, uh, a location where people can come and, and step back in time. And as part of this celebration, we said when the offer came, if – if it's a July 4th event and you just think we want our logo or our brand somewhere, that's that's not appealing to us. Um, but if it's a an Independence Day event where we can literally start with a prayer and a pledge and honor veterans and have have the nation's flag flying proudly and and talk about and educate about the the week in 1776 revolving around the Declaration of Independence and that document that helped start um, this massive revolution in, in a positive way. I know you like to talk about a restoration. It's time for a restoration. And in 1776, it was time for a restoration of independence. And we, we love that. And if we, can, if we can celebrate and lend our experience and hard work and efforts to that kind of a cause, then we are all in. Um, but if it's just like you said, Another drink of alcohol or another kind of slice of watermelon, that's not what we believe the party's about, Sam. And in my opinion, education is the first principle that you guys highlight at unitedwepledge.org, and that really relates to helping people understand, look, America is the greatest country on the face of the earth, not because white people or the people that founded America are better than anybody else. This is not a racial discussion. It is that we have found principles. The grand experiment of the Founding Fathers was and is successful. And everybody who comes to this country, we're all God's children, and we all benefit from the rich blessings. And the question becomes, how do we make sure those blessings carry forward from generation to generation? How do we preserve and protect and advance that legacy that we've been given? Uh, this is a message for all of God's children. Dennis? That's right. It is a message for all of God's children. The way that we promote it and preserve it is through true principles, right? 
their founding values and founding principles. And as we establish ourselves on true principles, then they can be enduring over the course of time. The Declaration of Independence, the Constitution of the United States, the organizational structure of this republic, those are founded on principles, principles that need to remain intact. And as they do remain intact, we secure for ourselves and for our posterity the greatest opportunity to obtain happiness and peace and prosperity that we can in every way. And safety. There, there's not, safety is a key, too, to safety. understand. Yeah, I, Go ahead. Yeah, I agree with that. I was just going to say I agree with that. There's just no better way than to, to be founded on true principles. It's one of the reasons that United We Pledge exists, in order to promote and to stand behind those traditional principles and values. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, you don't need to give up uh, liberty for security. The founders said if you do that, you'll wind up with neither. What you've got to do is preserve liberty, and as you do so, safety becomes and security becomes necessary but secondary to the principle of liberty. And it all starts with re- with religious liberty, Dennis. Yeah, um, there are some some core liberties, religious liberties, one of them. Actually, we have an annual event here in St. George called Prayer for Religious Freedom. Uh, this year, um, a Sunday evening falls on July 3rd, Sunday evening in the historic St. George Tabernacle. It's right at the center of this beautiful little community we live in. And we are, uh, we're going to bring uh, all of the faiths in the valley together. Uh, it's an interfaith event. There'll be beautiful music from the interfaith choir. We've got... Um, the head of the Catholic Church who's going to be, you know, leading the program and conducting the program, uh, a Jewish, the Jewish rabbi here uh, is going to be saying a concluding prayer on the program. There's people of all faiths who come together to sing and to hear messages of inspiration. Religious liberty must be protected, and it starts with our prayers and our faith and our and our devotion, uh, our commitment to staying religious, staying spiritual. And that, and that means something different to everybody, which is which is okay. But it means just including God or higher power. It includes keeping that in your life so we stay balanced and, and make sure that we don't just set aside our freedom to express and to worship how, where, or what we may. Even the founding fathers may not have agreed on the keys to theology, but what they did understand was inclusion. What they did understand was respect for one another. What they did embrace was the, the um, clarion call for civility. Okay, that's, that's what they built their understanding on to say, look, these Judeo-Christian principles relate to a more civilized society, but it's more. They relate to turning to God as the higher power rather than government. And they understood and articulated the blessings related there too. All liberties start with religious liberty, ladies and gentlemen. Dennis Levitt with me, unitedwepledge.org. I got more in seconds on your radio. In message one, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8, 44, gave the left evil, spiritual power, the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. 
Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present-day, end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Levitt. President of UnitedWePledge.org on your radio. We're talking about the private nonprofit, nonpartisan organization celebrating faith, family, freedom. We're talking about they're in St. George, Utah, and they're making a difference. They're building Liberty Village. And uh, they're celebrating this weekend as they um, kick off their building project, ladies and gentlemen. It is the groundbreaking Saturday the 2nd. Tom Jones will be running in to the celebration. He's been running from American Village in Alabama, 76 marathons in 76 days. And he arrives on July the 2nd, this Saturday, 9 a.m., at the new Liberty Village site. And then the groundbreaking ceremony begins. That kicks off an incredible 4th of July weekend where the prayer vigil celebration Sunday night in the historic tabernacle takes place. And then on Monday, a parade, a uh, historic patriotic museum under the tabernacle will be available. And then, of course, the evening events will highlight the education related to the founding fathers and then a country concert. There's nothing wrong with having some fun on the 4th of July, folks, but you got to do it in a respectful way. You got to do it in a moral way. You got to do it in a way that really celebrates religious liberty, all liberties hang on that religious liberty idea not the keys to theology okay my belief and your belief can be different but a higher source than government is the quintessential point of the founding fathers uh dennis let's start there yeah you're exactly right uh and we're we're excited for a weekend that all america you know comes together on in a general way but like you invited earlier sam let's come together to remember the ideals of which the nation was founded on. So we use this platform and this time to celebrate in the right way. We're excited. It'll be, it's going to be a big, fun weekend. 
uh, and a spiritual weekend. It's going to be a, a, a great opportunity to come and learn. Amen to that. We're excited about it. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, this kicks off, this groundbreaking kicks off really a four-year project, right? Yeah, that's right. So the inspiration for the Liberty Village we discovered in a little town called Montevallo, Alabama. A gentleman named Tom Walker uh, was the visionary and founder and longtime CEO of the American Village in Montevallo, and they bring literally hundreds of thousands of school students there to step back onto the stage of history. They've recreated important buildings uh, that were significant in America's founding, uh, things like Liberty Hall, Independence Hall, sorry, and the Old North Church in Boston, and the and Mount Vernon, and you know some some of those kind of buildings. Um, and it's a campus where there are interpreters, actors and actresses who stay in character. So you could walk down the streets of this colonial feeling village and and talk to Franklin or Washington, talk to Adams, and have conversations in in their terminology, the way they understood and saw the world from their day. And it's a miraculously fantastic place for youth. So when we saw the American village, we knew that on in the western part of the United States, we needed to build a similar campus so that youth and families could have that experience here. So we break ground on what's going to be called Liberty Village on July 2nd, um, and we'll start the work in order to reconstruct um, 1776 to you know the 1800s and beyond. Right, we're we're gonna we're gonna create a village where people can step back in time and remember the ideals that this nation was founded on, and study the documents that are core to this nation's heritage. Now, one uh, one question people are going to be asking is, you know what? Why in St. George or just outside of St. George, Utah? There's there's for the most part nothing around. Well, that's not true if you understand the little bit of research behind this, and it's strategically located on purpose in a very high-trafficked area, Dennis. Yeah, Washington County, Utah is um, a, a tourist attraction in many ways. It's the gateway to so many national parks. People are familiar with the Grand Canyon, of course, which is not far, uh, too far by car. Zion National Park has 4.3 million visitors a year to Zion National Park. And that's just within just a handful of minutes from where the Liberty Village campus will be. Um, Liberty Village campus is going to be in the heart of Washington County in a little valley called the Hurricane Valley. Um, it's property that was donated uh, to us by Balance of Nature, which has been a, a great founding partner of this entire project. And um, on that campus property, there literally will be access to hundreds of thousands and millions of people who could potentially come onto the campus in order to learn about our founding values. I'd also just give a note, Sam, you know that it's in Washington County, right? Washington County was named for George Washington, and we believe that it's, it's a fitting county uh, in order to remember him, remember the things that he did as the father of our country, and um, to celebrate those founding fathers, the men and women who gave so much and sacrificed so much in order to establish the freedoms and the republic that we enjoy, we just want that to carry on. So the American uh, experiment can continue to flourish, and that's going to take place 
in, a, in our part of the world in a hub called Liberty Village. We're excited. All right, let's talk about the build-out of this and, and, and kind of paint a Birmingham of the vision, if you will. Um, so the, it's a four-phase build-out, if that's what you're asking. Of course, we, first we've got to get in roads and infrastructure. You know, we've got to get in water and power and all of those kinds of things. Uh, that's phase one. For phase two, um, by the middle of 2024, we anticipate having colonial America feeling buildings like blacksmith shops and print houses, bakeries. We'll have farm animals and, you know, we'll, we'll let agriculture and gardening and farming take place like it did in the 1700s. Um, all of that is phase one so that people can come and feel like they're, they're back in early America where the questions were being raised of should we seek independence and why why are we opposed to taxation without representation and what what's the dynamic of the day that causes us to even need to become a free land and preserve the rights we enjoy and then phase three after we get that village set up will be including some of the hallmark buildings of america's history similar to the ones that exist in Montevallo, Alabama. Um, there'll be, we, we've chosen three historic buildings to focus on the principles that Unite We Pledge is centered on. We're centered on freedom, family, and faith. We've selected as the, as the building to represent Freedom Independence Hall. We know of no other place that, that tells the message of the Constitution and of the Declaration of Independence better than Independence Hall. And uh, that will be a, a, a really beacon on the Liberty Village campus. For family, we've chosen Mount Vernon, you know, the, the family home of George Washington himself. And there's a great spirit about that, that building and uh, that home. And we think it will be a great place to teach the values of family. And then and there we faith. teach the humility of George Washington as well. No king but King Jesus, where he basically humbly walked away and set the standard for America to be led by a group of people, folks. Checks and balances. Uh, this is key to the success of the greatest country on the earth, and we'll celebrate that understanding as well, Dennis. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. And then uh, we'll have a historic church on the campus, a church like Patrick Henry spoke in, or the Old North Church in Boston will we'll have a church that will allow us to remember the importance of faith in the American uh, in the American way of life. So that, that's our build-out plan, and we hope to cut ribbon on July 4th, 2026. Uh, that's the 250th birthday of America, and as a gift to America, our commitment is that we're going to build this village and welcome families and youth to come in and bask in all that's all that's great in our memory and in our history of america do we expect a soft opening where people can kind of come earlier and kind of get a glimpse of what's happening and that kind of stuff as it unfolds or is it really just going to kick off uh in 2026 no we'll have we'll have um like the groundbreaking, right? That's not a soft opening necessarily, but it's a time when people could come out and at least see where it's at. We have all the architectural plans that can be viewed and we'll have maps and, you know, let everyone kind of get a feel of where things are located and how the build out's going to go. 
the soft opening will be once we get any of the colonial type buildings up, right? Once there's a blacksmith shop on site or a print shop, um, certainly we'll welcome the public to to come and see and enjoy and participate. We'll, the reason I highlight we'll that, ladies and gentlemen, is you can get, you can get a glimpse of this. Sorry, Dennis. I was just going to say, you can get a glimpse of this vision is the point and participate starting now, ladies and gentlemen. You can go to the uh, groundbreaking, and then you can watch this project unfold. And one of the things that I intend to do with my family is every time we go to St. George, go take a look and drive by and kind of peek at the progress. And I want to be invested in this thing uh, all the way as it unfolds. Unitedwepledge.org is the website where you can do so. But I want families to understand, don't just wait till 2026. Keep an eye on this. Feel the spirit of this. Uh, put some donations in and participate all the way through, Dennis. Yeah, we, we hope that's the case. This is a, a project that's um, a legacy project and a, a, a project of passion and love for this nation by people who now donated resources and energy and effort to get us this far. But it's not intended to be the Balance of Nature Village. It's not United We Pledge Village. It's certainly not going to be like, you know, some big corporate donor village. This is this is Liberty Village that belongs to all of America. And we would want every American to participate. Feel like you've, you know, on our on our website right now, unitedwepledge.org, you can donate some money. You could buy a brick so that so that one of the pavers, you know, has your family name on it if you'd like. But we would we would I would love nothing more than you know, a million Americans to each donate $5 just so that they felt like they were a part of it, that that they had a place there, and that when they come to Washington County, that they feel like they're walking on uh, hallowed ground that they helped build and that they contributed to, right? This nation, when our founders uh, began the revolution, it was the common folk who banded together to say we are going to unitedly preserve and protect our freedoms. And we're asking the same thing. We're just looking for common folk to say, let's pass on a generation of education to those come after us. And this is one location that we'll keep as pure as we can in order for that education to continue. Ladies and gentlemen, we're flat out of time. We're trying to paint a vision of what's happening for the Liberty Village in St. George or Hurricane, Utah, right outside of St. George. It's going to be an incredible event. We'll be talking about it all the way through for the next four years. We'll have Dennis back and many others. Tom Jones still running. He's only got a couple of marathons left. He'll be on with us tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for being with us, and we want to celebrate this. We want to feel the spirit of it, and we want to all be part of it in our own ways that promote our family and education and destination and celebration and all the things that bring about patriotism in america dennis levitt thank you so much sir thank you sam god bless ladies and gentlemen we declare this nation shall endure god save the republic of the united states of america